This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Another day, another dollar, don't cry for me, Argentina. Raindrops keep falling on my head. I always just think of crying Did when you? I heard that song. Isn't yeah. there a film where someone just doesn't stop crying all the way through? Sinead O'Connor when she sings. Nothing compares to you? Nothing oh, she cries. Yeah, that's a long crying you. scene, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crying, crying, crying. Should we cry? We're all Is crying right more in cry? lockdown. How do we feel about crying yeah. in front of our children? Can you cry too much? Should we not? Should we be stiff up a lip? Are you a crybaby? Is it ever okay? Do you need to, to man let up? It flow? Yeah, all that stuff. Mm. Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night whenever you are listening to us. Mm. We are, in a way, talking about coronavirus again this week because it's just too impossible to move completely away from it. But it's a subject quite close to my heart, actually. But a little bit like lockdown, we're kind of moving ever so slightly away from coronavirus into Mm. topics that are Mm. coronavirus, but aren't coronavirus. (laughs) This is basically a, a, a report, a study that has been done, and apparently Brits are, since the coronavirus lockdown, have been crying a whole lot more than they used to. Something like the average British person is crying every third or fourth day. Really? <laughs> yeah, how they come to these things. How but weird. anyway, it's, it's, it's an in, I thought it would be an interesting conversation around... I mean, certainly the girls have seen me cry more often than they have ever. Mm. Because in the you mean in the pandemic in the during, pandemic yeah. because my all my feelings I've been feeling much more keenly than I ever have before that's for sure um, I mean at the beginning everything was setting me off absolutely everything acts of kindness acts of um, suffering um, mm. all, every, every even really strange people were getting me crying I mean I remember when they first came out and explained the furlough. Uh, scheme. I was in mm. bits. I'm mm. so proud to be British. I was, yeah, just very, very unusual behaviour mm. for me. Um, and I've always thought the fact that I don't cry much isn't good because, as you know, I'm into holistic medicine and I believe that crying is actually a really, really healthy thing. Obviously, it can get over the top, mm. but I think a release, a pressure gauge that you can just release mm. some steam is is very, very important. And I think... As a nation, we, we we we're scared of those sort of emotions often, aren't we? I mean, we we tend to say, "Oh, I'm crying." Oh, sorry, sorry, mm. I'm crying. Well, we're very sorry. It's the very stiff upper lip thing, isn't it? I mean, we're yeah. as Brits, we're sort of we're not like the Italians, we're not like the Greek, we're not like the Spanish. They're very emotional, aren't they? I mean, mm. these are stereotypes, and you do get very emotional Brits. But I do think nationally, you know, we frown upon extreme shows of emotion, not just in public, but within the family. And and it's a weird, I, I mean, I find it a weird one, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, the question, the question, the question of this conversation for me, as you sold it to me, was should we cry in front of our children? And I think that is a really, really big question. And it's very complicated. It seems like a really simple question with a very simple answer. 
but it's actually a very big question. It's and it's and it you're right. It kind of I mean in a weird way, just to deal with the coronavirus pandemic situation, you just sort of talked about how you cry. There's kind of safe crying and then there's kind of mm. worrisome crying in a parent. And I think to see someone be moved is very different to a parent crying. Because they've lost Lost yeah, it. they've lost either control or they're vulnerable or they're they're in a bloody bad place. I mean, you know, so I think, you know, to see a mum or a dad well up or get tearful, say, over the Queen's speech or mm. the remarkable sacrifices that our key workers are making or, you know, doing clap for carers. I mean, and then there are so many occasions mm. where it makes total, total sense for a child to see their parents And it's fascinating because a couple of times over this time when I've been just crying, I look at the kids and they're like this. They're just open. They're just looking at me with like like you would if you're watching a TV show or or a movie. They're like really just interested. Oh, mum's crying. Oh, this is really interesting. Mm. But other times when I've really cried because I've been very upset, they're always very sweet. On it's funny, isn't it? Because yeah, and if I think about the two of us, you have cried a lot in lockdown. Welled. I think the I think I think the way to describe it is well, yeah. welling up, welling. And up. I haven't cried really at all. I can think of one occasion. There was one situ- situation much earlier on when I got very upset, but that wasn't really solely to do with lockdown. And I haven't really cried at all, and I haven't really felt like crying either. It's sort of weird. I've sort of felt like. You know, yeah, because you are within uh, within our uh, marriage, you would be the one that would I think we could both say would cry more. Well, than you I would. use the you use the really pejorative term in arguments sometimes. You're lucky, you can cry, and it always makes me feel so like oh oh. So you know, it's that thing of when you're in a row. I think you know that in most relationships there is one pair, one in the pair that is, has a tendency towards it more than the other. And I think in our relationship and as parents, I think I have cried more than you. You're right, yeah. When you think, just just going back to the difference culturally that we, you know, that that, that goes between different cultures and crying, I'm, I was just thinking about, was that a funeral this morning, a Zoom funeral? Just thinking of the difference and I was thinking about when I was a child mm. and I can remember the few times that I saw my mum cry. Mm. And I remember one of them was at her mum's funeral. Yeah. And if you think about the way a British funeral is run, it's quite often oh, it's... a corner of a tissue being oh, yeah. dabbed into the corner of an eye yeah. and then a deep sniff and a tightening of the shoulders. Yeah. And I can't help but think that's not healthy. Oh, I totally agree. You know, when you agree. think of other cultures, I mean, my father's culture, my father's Arabic, they bring in the professional whalers. They are paid. I don't know what it is. I find that remarkable. Is that and real? Is that whale. true? And they, Do they actually come in as whalers? Yeah, because I think that's a deep, deep understanding that trauma, when you go through the tra- any kind of trauma mm. to cry, why would we? Why would we? These incredible bodies that we have. Why would we have this function? Oh, I see. They, I thought. Than, I always thought they came in and cried for you. No, they come in to cry to get you crying. Oh, because I see. You know, see. often when, when they say the people like a really, yawner. Yeah, like yeah, yawning. exactly. Oh, you know, when they okay, say, oh, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. People, oh, she's she's too in shock, she can't oh, cry. Oh, I've always, I've always misunderstood. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've always misunderstood. I thought they came in and everyone sat folded armed and, 
allowed some renter oh, criers in. No. I've always thought, what a weird thing. No, you have to get everybody crying. Ah, so it's sort of like, it's a kind of, it's almost a frenzy of emotion. Because tacit understanding yeah, that yeah, everybody yeah. needs to cry to begin God, to my mum would have been good at that. My mum would have been a yeah. great crier to no, rent. No, no, your mum, for instance, is a good, and I'm not talking about big emotional no. crying. I'm talking about... If we sat with your mum through a day, she will probably five or six times in the day well up. Oh, and she'll well up. She'll, no, and she'll, she'll say, ignore me, ignore me. And she tries to control mm. it and she stops it. And it's really, and we don't even bat an eyelid now, no, we do don't. we? No, no, no. We don't even bat and we just wait for her to finish. Yeah. And for her, she's not, she's very rarely upset. She just over, she gets overcome with emotion. Yes. And I think it's really good that our girls see that and see yes. that it's okay to get overcome with emotion. Well, it's it's, a, it's an interesting fact that you bring up. I mean, we often talk about in these chats, don't we, about our experience as children so that we can better understand our children's experience of what we're talking about. I think it would be interesting to know. So, I mean, when you were a child, what was the circumstances within which you saw your parents cry? Did you ever see your parents cry? My dad um, only has only ever cried silently, so he will make mm. a sound which is, uh, uh, but I have never seen a single tear come out of his eyes. Oh, ever. Right. Okay. And I think that's growing up in a culture where it was, you're a boy, you don't cry. And that mm. really hurts me. When I see him cry without tears, mm. it literally breaks my heart because I know what the suppression he will have gone through to be able to control that. Interestingly, Syra. Um, my friend and colleague on Loose Women, she's Pakistani, both her parents are Pakistani. She, she never saw them cry, a similar sort of thing, oh, right, okay. because you were brought up that you don't cry, yes. you don't cry. Um, but my mum, I think there was definitely a point in their marriage where there was a bit more crying. And I, rem- I can remember two times, very vividly, once where she just collapsed over the cooker. Oh my God. And just started crying, just started sobbing. Oh my God. And then another time when I could what hear was it about? they had a they had a room in the attic and I was way downstairs and in the garden and this is what I mean about kids. I just my ear tuned and I thought my mum's crying. And I remember running, charging to ask my mum. And they'd obviously had some sort of an argument, I don't mm. know. But I remember being utterly, utterly devastated both times. And both times I didn't have a clue why she was crying. No, oh, right. Did you feel like Which, your world was coming apart? Were you like, oh, just my God. awful. And that's 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 where I, that's why I parent around crying in the way that I do. It's when I've cried, when I've been really upset about stuff, I will say to the girls, and you can look at their face, you can see how much they want to know, mm. you know, and I think it's important, personally, everybody has their own idea on this, to not over-explain, not give them too much to bear. Mm. But I will say to them, I will give them some of it. I'll say, yeah, I'm crying because I'm really, really sad. Mm. I'm really, really upset. This happened today. So say it's an argument I've had with a friend. I've had an argument with my friend mm. and I'm just feeling really sad. I feel a bit overwhelmed with it. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. But actually this crying, I really just need to do it now. And I think you can see them just feel our relief. Yeah. Because also I really want to teach them to that it's okay to cry because I always used to hide when I cried. When I was a child, I would go to my room and I would hide and I would cry hidden. It's very strange. I wonder where that comes from. I don't know why I Mm. did that. I really don't know why I did that. I think it might have come from the fact that 
my eldest sister was very, very shy. And I always, right from way back, I can remember looking after her. Mm. So maybe that's where it came from that I was. The, I think I was given the label quite early on as a child that I was the strong one. Mm. Oh, she's the strong one. Oh, she doesn't get upset. She's not shy. Mm. She'll look after you. She's the one. You know, all nice things said in a nice way, but mm. we don't realise how we put those labels on our kids and then they think that they've got to live by that. <laughs> how many yeah, things yeah, go yeah. wrong in yeah. life because you've got that label. What about you? How did you feel when your mum used to cry in well, front of you? Because, uh, of course, a single parent is a very different thing you've got no one to sort it out for you, have you? Yeah. What do you mean, as in another parent? Well, I would imagine that if you've got a single parent, that if you're being brought up by a single parent and they cry, because quite often if you're crying or I'm crying... The other one of us will say, yeah. oh, dad's fine or mum's yeah. fine. It's just this has happened. She's feeling well, sad. Well, from a very, very young age, I was, as I said, I, I was co-parented by my grandparents and my mum. And my mum was a constant crier. Constant. I mean, it was, you name it, she'd be crying about it. I mean, there wasn't a day that didn't go by where she wasn't crying about something. And was that a different crying to the crying that she does now, which is like a welling? Was it an upset crying? Well... You don't know. You don't know what it was when you were a kid. You just you just know that she's crying. And I do remember thinking, God. I mean, there were moments where I remember thinking, God, she's she really does cry a lot, doesn't she? Because um, my, you know, whenever I went to my nans and my grandfather's, I'd usually arrive in a fit with my mum in a fit of tears. So there was always drama. There was always huge emotion. It was always very anxiety. It was very anxious. It was always attached with great anxiety. And I remember my nan and granddad would always say things, you know, very sort of like pejoratively. And, you know, when I look back, I understand why. Like, oh, for God's sake, your mum, all your mum does is cry and yell. And, and you know, and I'm, you know, I have a very good relationship with my mum now. But she would admit herself, she was a, a loose cannon. And so, you know, for me, at a very young age, I was very aware that crying for my mum was often attached with anger and frustration um, and because of my grandparents almost if you like coaching me not to like it and be critical of it I was very much on my nan and granddad's side you know I would find it annoying and they would say oh your mum's very this and your mum's very that so for me I always saw crying as a very manipulative thing I always felt it was my mum wanting to get what she wanted from a situation now of course because I was also an only child I didn't have a brother or sister to even check this shit out yeah. with. I didn't even have, you know, I couldn't say, what is mum? Yeah, what's with brilliant. Not even that thing of what's with mum? Because mm. if I went to oh, my grandparents... Oh, on one Absolutely, yeah. And my yeah. grandparents would just be like, you know, very sort of negative. And, now, and, and so I was brought up by my grandparents and they didn't cry at all. Um, I remember my grandfather once, like your dad a bit, catching his breath when he was very old and he was very near the end of his life and something happened and it was more about his infirmity than it was about... His emotion. And my nan, I only ever remember my nan crying once when her brother died. Uh, and that being, and, and I suppose that's the closest comparison I have to a parent crying who wouldn't normally cry. And I remember being deeply distraught, deeply distraught. Really, it really upsets me now when I, I, I remember her crying privately in the front room mm, in the bungalow. The key. She was crying privately, yeah. so you were frightened because you yeah. didn't know what it was. I think it's a bit like when people don't really argue. Yeah. The voice go, children know. And yeah. I think if you say, I'm sad, I'm having a bit of a cry, and it will make me feel better, Yes, you're giving them the journey. Yeah. if you hide away and you sob, I think it must be very, very frightening. Oh, I very, know I was very frightened when I heard yeah. my mum crying, and I didn't know why she was crying. And I remember feeling huge compassion, and she explained to me, and I knew her, her brother, and I, I, I 
I remember thinking, oh, this is terrible. And I remember thinking, why the hell isn't she crying? Why can't she cry in front of my granddad? Why, that's really odd. Why isn't she seeking comfort from it? But so, you know, so that seemed as a, a sort of very logical and explainable. So, I, you know, once she let me into the room and I was taking it, it wasn't so private and she explained things and she did, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I have to say, if I'm honest... I, to this day, will still always feel like I need to apologise if I've got upset or cried in front of the kids because I always felt that whenever my mum cried in front of me, it was manipulative and it was not... It was self-seeking and self-serving and it was never... It was always... It, it was... It was never genuine. I never felt it was genuine. There was it was temper. It was tempestuousness. It was, and I think you know. I mean, I don't know whether this resonates for any kids out there listening to this, maybe or parents who cry. You know, so I think crying as a parent for me is a very different thing. Um, you know, and where I struggle and how that's translated it into my life, I, I, I suppose we would say of the two of us. I was kind of interested when we were talking about this before having this chat and you said that a friend of yours's husband or someone you worked with's husband was a crier. I would say that I can more readily access those tears and I don't know whether that's because I'm a depressive or I'm a, I'm a what, but I mean, maybe part of that is because I've seen the easy crying of my mum. It always seemed so easy for her to cry, but I was very suspicious of the of the reasons behind it and I always feel very apologetic when I do get upset I feel very sorry because I I don't want that component to be in any part of what's going on when I find myself mm. upset in front of the girls I think I think Did any of that make become, any sense I think you've become a much better crier in front of the girls <laughs> if I'm honest because I think in the past 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 I think maybe sometimes your crying was a bit too chaotic, if that's the right word, when you were really, really struggling with stuff. I mean, not with any blame, mm. but I think we all make mistakes, you know. I mean, God, remember my talk, my mistake when I got really pissed mm. a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, year, uh, year thankfully ago, these like, go- That sort of crying was absolutely disgraceful in well. front of the kids. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you've, when you've, when you've, and I've seen they've been a bit, afraid because you seem too upset not afraid but a bit discombobulated because you're so upset but and what would easy. that be with well it doesn't matter but then but then it's it's much easier because there's two of us mm. like I said daddy is really really upset yeah yeah you can do and the explaining is, yeah. yeah but I do think for you growing up with a single in, in, and that single must have been terribly and, and the thing is like you're saying what I'm kind of hearing is that you almost became immune to it and that mm. must have been difficult in relationships as well, because I'm, I'm, I would imagine that when women... Have, isn't it interesting? Isn't it? I just find it so fascinating that you may just on a cellular level chosen somebody mm. that doesn't cry. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't it's say... It's I mean, funny, I know, I know you blanched when I said it. it at the beginning. I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing that you don't cry. I think, it's, I think it was a bad thing that I cried as much as I did and I think you're right I think I'd agree with you I, I'm pleased that I have more of a handle on it that I'm more in control of it and that I have a way of managing it I mean I think the way things I do think as you get I don't know whether it's as you get older maybe as a parent I don't know I mean when I have been upset by something I mean about three weeks five no six weeks ago in lockdown I got very upset about issues around family and I won't go into it and I wasn't sobbing, I wasn't sitting there snotting, but I was overwhelmed with emotion. And Maddie was sat alongside us when that happened. And she, it, it, it was an interesting moment because the, di- the dynamic was very much, she felt like my adult child who's came over and gave me 
a hug because she could she could re- relate to what was upsetting me as an adult, you know, and she was she could hear it. She was listening to what I was talking about and she had compassion mm. and she thought about it. And that felt a very odd moment for me because I didn't feel infantilized. I didn't feel like I'd let the my, I'd let my you know because there is a huge pressure on men mm. not to cry. We do also project a lot onto our children. Oh, we better not let them come to the funeral. They'll be too upset. Mm. Oh, they mustn't see me upset. I think what we're trying to teach them as parents is how to be a good human. Mm. And actually, that day that you're talking about, Maddie wasn't our daughter. She was a really good human being. Yeah, she was a friend. She was listening Mm. very carefully. I mean, Mm. not that we want our children to be our friends. We do really want them to want to be their parents. Mm. But in that moment... Mm. I think she was a friend and she was just a really good human being who listened Mm. very intently, processed it, realised her own um, limitations on what she could do for it Mm. and gave you a really kind hug and a listening ear. And I think that's what, if anything, that's what we've got to teach our kids. You can't fix it because I was brought up to be a fixer, Mm. you know, and I have to bite my lip when people cry because I've learned these lessons very, very much you know, as I've got older, that sometimes people want to cry and they don't want you to say, well, OK, let's do this. And mm. I, I immediately go into fixing mode. And I think that's the most damaging thing that I do around tears for the kids. And I really have to force myself mm. to try not to do it. But why don't we listen to Maddie? Yeah, can I just have just a final point mm. on that, though, this idea of... Because whilst my mum cried a lot and whilst I think it's important not to overcry, I do also think a huge component of what was most difficult about my mum when I was a child, and this is something to bear in mind all parents listening who are perhaps quite proud of the fact that they don't cry too much in front of their kids, is that there can be a huge cost in not crying Mm. because all of that emotional sort of stuff goes somewhere else and that will go into a tight-lipped kind of control, a frostiness. No, 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 but it can do. And I remember it doing that whenever she didn't cry. I'd be like, I prefer the crying mum, although it's a pain and I find it a bit sort of repulsive. I find it, I I prefer it to this really angry cross. And this is where, and and interestingly, my nan never cried, but she was a furious woman. And I think if she had cried a bit, it might have helped her. So, you know. Well, there we go back to crying is, a, you know, releases the pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really. Yeah. Ksh, ksh, and so, again, it's like all those things hope, as a parent, it's about, it's about balance. I hope that outside of lockdown, people allow their feelings more. Yeah. Because I think this is what it's about. And yeah. I really do believe in mind, body, spirit being well is what gives us good health and mm. reduces dis-ease and disease. Mm. And that's why I don't think it's a good thing that I don't cry. But And I see what happens to me when I don't cry. I'll get terrible explosions of eczema on my mm. hands. All sorts of other things will happen when I actually, in my soul, I know it's actually because I need a good cry. Yeah. So, should we listen to what Maddie Yeah, thinks? I mean, I must admit, as we, go, as, we, as we go into listening here, I, I, I am already feeling what I'm sure I'll end up talking a bit about, which is there is still a massive stigma to being a father who cries. Mm. Well, let's listen. She might she might give us something to, to think about. OK, here we go. So I think when it comes to parents crying in front of their children, I feel like with anything, it kind of depends on how much you really do it in front of your kids. I don't believe that parents should, like, not cry in front of their kids ever, like, because, you know, I think it's good for kids to realise that their parents have emotions too and... You know, that it's okay to... I mean, 
if your parents your family, like your kids should feel comfortable enough in the family to feel like they would be able to cry. And I guess if the parents don't cry in front of them, then the kids would end up feeling like they can't open up like that to their parents. Um, <clears throat> but I also think, you know, if you're a parent and you cry a lot in front of your kids and, I don't know, ask them for advice a lot and kind of, I don't know, seem vulnerable a bit too much in front of them, then I think it's the same. It's, it's not healthy for them either because the kids will end up being the parents and I, I, I feel like the, it would be quite... It would be quite scary for kids if their parents cried a lot in front of them and stuff. Because you kind of see your parents as the role models, like they'll look after you, they kind of don't worry about anything, and you're the one that worries. So I feel like if you saw your parents vulnerable a lot, you'd feel quite, not unsafe, but like, I don't know, you feel like you'd have to be parenting them, I guess. So that just like everything, I think it's good to have an in-between. Like if, if a parent's really, really upset... Um, and they're going to cry then instead of, like, running off and doing it somewhere else or, like, using it as anger instead and, like, getting irritated by what the kids are doing, I think it's better to just cry. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> I've seen mum and dad cry before. Um, they don't do it often in front of us, but, you know, every now and then they'll cry in front of us. And I, I don't... I've never thought, oh, they shouldn't be doing this and all of that. I've always just... Oh no, they're crying. You know, I've never. It's never made me feel weird seeing them cry. But I mean, our our family's quite different. We're quite open about emotions and everything. So yeah, but it's weird because I feel like because my parents, I've seen my parents cry and stuff, and because they're very open about talking about emotions, that so I would be like that. But I hate crying in front, like people knowing. I hate people knowing that I've been crying and stuff. Which I don't know. I feel like that would be for somebody that had never seen their parents cry or didn't talk openly about it. But it's very strange. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just like everything, you have to have a good balance, because if you totally stop anything, then it's never going to be healthy. So, But, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing to cry in front of your kids every now and then, because they need to know that parents have emotions. If you never cry in front of your kids, then they'll never know that they can upset you and stuff. Very rational, reasonable, fair. Whose kid is she? I know, my God almighty. I mean, it's interesting, you do wonder to what extent our massive, massive capacity to overshare in our emotions does make her sort of want to be more private. But you know what? We're all different. And from generation to generation, handed down from parents to kids, you know, it's like, it's a bit, a little bit analogous with, you know, you always say to me about alcoholism, you know, you've put a huge spoke, you know, stick in the spokes of alcoholism in the family. You know, all you can do, you can't change everything. Things no. just, you know, they modulate from generation yeah. to generation. So we're the slightly more expressive generation. Maddie might be the slightly less I'd expressive. I prefer us you know. to be more expressive than less too yeah. much than too little yeah. and you know it seems she's making her own path with that isn't she she's mm. making her own decisions on it and she she yeah. concurs with the thing that yeah. i was saying Better about being angry and also the idea that if you see a parent cry too much and like I, I, that really resonated for me is that you do feel scared and i think i think children have a remarkable capacity to just survive and i think children have a remarkable capacity to just get through childhood uh, seeing it only as half full, even when, from the vantage point of adulthood, it was often half empty. And, you know, I wouldn't want to suggest for a minute that when I was a kid, I was charging around having a great time, and many kids will be. But 
if your parent does cry as much as mine did, you do feel like the world is an unsafe place. You do feel like you're parenting your your parents. And I do think there are some no-nos in life and you don't want your children to feel that. You just genuinely, I genuinely don't want my children to feel like they have to parent me. So, you know, I think you're right. The, the, the more I've moved further away from being uh, a sort of acute emotional wreck um, around things like alcoholism and, you know, being an absent dad to my two eldest daughters, because I've cried a lot, a lot of my tears over the years, the majority of my tears over the years have been around the perceived injustice I felt around my relationship with my eldest girls. And so in some regards, a lot of the tears that, say, Izzy will have seen were, were you know, I regret that she saw them. And yet they came from a place for, from a man who was that much younger, that much, you know, sort of less mature. And had grown up with that. And had grown and up with that, Because when I first absolutely. knew you and you were still drinking, I would call you a, a, a mm. crying drunk. You would mm. always end up crying yeah. at the end of it. And that's not surprising when you think what your, what your no, upbringing quite. was. And that would be... And actually, because drinking did always just make you really sad, mm. you know. Mm. So, you know, hats off to you that you stopped that. Yeah. And that actually now when you cry, it's a really authentic... Yeah. It's a really authentic thing for everyone to experience, including yourself. It's, yeah. It, they're real... I hope they're so. real tears. And I think as a co-parent as well, I mean, it's interesting that we've talked about you not being, you know, not being as much of a crier. I think it would be nice sometimes to feel that I can look after you because I have got I have got a huge space and time and compassion for someone for you know for the co-parent of my children to be upset and from and I think it's so you know I think it's sometimes I've seen the girls look at you and they'll look at me like what's going on mum's crying and I'll be like you know okay okay do the sort of, you know, the fatherly gestures of don't worry, it's fine, but it's, yeah, give her a hug, you know, and they'll come in and they'll give you a hug and all that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, from what she says, fingers crossed, it sounds like we're doing the right thing. Right, well, should we listen to Carlitos? Yeah. Carlitos is um, the son of our very, very, very dear friend, Lisa, who I think we can call, safely say is a weller. She's a weller If you're listening, Lisa, I don't think you'll mind about that. And it, actually, it's one of the things... There's many things I love about Lisa, but it's one of the things I really love about her. She has these incredibly blue eyes mm. and her eyes will well up and they become even, well, green, sorry, not blue, what I'm talking about, I'm thinking of your mum, green, greeny blue eyes and they become even brighter. Mm. And she always says, oh, I'm all right, yes. I'm all right. So I'm really interested. In fact, she said to me last week, oh, sometimes I kind of... Dread listening to the podcast because <laughs> I don't know what Carlitos no, is going to say. Is that thing. So, uh, yeah, Lisa, if you want at this point to turn it off, you can. <laughs> Moment <laughs> but of listener, truth. Stay with us because he's always really interesting, Carlitos. I think if a child sees a parent or a carer cry, say in response to a situation, for example, a funeral or a, or, or something like that, I feel like. It, it can be beneficial to the child almost because it allows kids to see that it's okay to express your feelings. You know, it's okay that you can feel this way. It's okay to cry um, instead of bottling it all up. It's almost normalising the fact that you can express how you feel and that can um, 
when in the future that can be it will lead to um really emotionally intelligent children you don't want children that have just bottled it up for years and years because this can cause problems in the future um but yes as i was saying uh, like a death of a grandparent or another family member um letting your children witness grief like that um can help kids realize that they're not alone in um in how they feel because you don't we don't want them to feel we don't want to feel like we're alone and we have no one to relate to no one to talk to about these uh situations um we don't want to the them we don't want kids to think like is is this normal is what i'm feeling normal is something wrong with me why am i so sad and why has this like affected me in this way um and i think crying in front of children can humanize children in a way um and what i mean by that is like teach them right from wrong and um like so they can understand your responses and understand how you're supposed to feel at certain times um but when when you do cry i think you you have to kind of say something like everything i'm i'm just having a hard time but everything will be okay so there's that reassurance that it's not going to just all end and everything's crumbling and it's just going to be horrible do you know what you know what i mean um but yeah a good cry is healthy but i'd say maybe avoid doing it too often as us as teens or us as kids might think that something is seriously wrong or um or like we get worried and worried and worried and um just bottle it up but it's either that or it would make the child almost take the adult for granted like oh i know what their reaction is going to be they're just going to cry they're not going to stop me from doing this so i can just go ahead and do it so um yeah and it upsets me seeing my mum cry or being upset because i don't i don't, i just don't like it it just makes me sad it makes me want to cry um and you shouldn't have to have permission to express how you feel so i don't think that it's wrong for parents to express their emotions in front of their children Oh. Mm, I mean what well, I'm See, he doesn't like it. But nobody likes to see someone that they love upset. No. no. And do you like it when you see me cry? Do I like it when I see no. you cry? No. And so I think it's very important what he said there because people will say, "Oh, you see children don't like it." Mm. But it's okay to have uncomfortable feelings and feelings that we don't like and then work out how we're going to manage them. Absolutely. And actually so much of what he said there was just so smart because he said bottling up, I'd forgotten that phrase, bottling mm. up, bottling up is not good. And he's very clear in that. And that also we are, you know, by, by showing them that our emotions, we're teaching them how to be human well, I think, beings, I how think, to be rounded emotionally. I think that's the most sort of headline thing out of what he said there is, is that really parents crying is a learning opportunity for children mm. and you know i remember i mean it's interesting actually because i think funerals when i look back at the first some of the first funerals i went to forgetting you know i remember seeing my fa- my first father-in-law absolutely sobbing and 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 to put that in perspective when his mother died to put that into perspective i'd never seen him cry and this big 
barrel of a man starting to cry was a really significant moment in my learning. And I was only, what, I think I must have been about 19 or 20 when that happened. Interesting that you say big barrel yeah. of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for big. No, 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 I agree. But I, <laughs> I think, that I, but I still think there's a stigma attached. I mean, the, and, and the age old expression, which I can't stand when I hear parents use this, don't be a crybaby. Oh, terrible. I mean, it, it, it's going to drive all sorts of emotional shit underground. Big and boys and don't cry. Big boys don't cry. Mm. And yeah, and, and so the infantilizing of boys or the emasculating of boys, you know, I do think for dads, it's a very, it's still a very confusing time to know how much of an emotional father you should be and I think this is perhaps another chat but you know how in touch with your emotions should you be because also there's that thing that children also like where dads are stereotypically very sore, sure, very rock solid, mm. very reliable, very Poor all those men things. feeling they have to be all those things. Yeah, and in many regards, I think, you know, you could argue that some of the issues around male mental health in men of a certain age that are all probably, a lot of them are probably dads, comes around the pressures of how mm. to be this artificial construct of a masculine mm. character that has uh, the answers and solutions to everything. And and really, no one has the answers or solutions to absolutely anything. We're just all idiots wandering around trying our best. And so, you know, it is hard. It is I'm hard really to have that glad. extra pressure. I'm so glad and, again, so thankful for the fact that you went into recovery because because out of that, we both had a lot of therapy and I learned so much and that I would have made, I mean, I've made a million mistakes at being a mum, but there's a lot that I I haven't made that I learned through the Mm. therapy. And things like crying, my thing that I always say to people now, whether it's our children, whether it's you, that come on, just have a good cry. Mm. Just have a good cry. Mm. Because the way that I was brought up was we would cry and my parents would panic that we were upset and they would try and get us to stop crying. Mm. So it'd be like, oh, okay, no, don't be, don't worry, don't worry, it'll be fine. Come on, let's get a suite or let's go and watch mm. some telly or let's do this or let's do that. Let's do everything. Let's do anything, but let's not cry. Mm. And if you think about what we were talking about earlier, you know, in... um. A funeral, you know, dab in the corner of eyes, stiff up a lip, a good sniff, put your shoulders down. It's the same thing. Mm. It's the same. It's exactly the same thing. I think there's also and also some... I think we have to say this is a good thing. This is healing. Mm. This will make you feel better. You know, when you have a really good cry, and after you feel like, oh, you like you've done a run, or you've done something, yeah. you just feel depleted from a certain Absolutely. amount of, of emotion that you baggage that you didn't really mm. want on your back. I also think, I mean, maybe some sort of takeout for parents is. Ask yourself the question, if you're a crier and you're crying or whatever, you're worried about your crying in front of your child. Ask yourself the question, because I wish my mum had asked herself this a few more times. Uh, and I, and, and interestingly, I say this having asked it of myself when I was in the throes of alcoholism. But ask yourself the question, are you crying because you want to be noticed that you're crying? But or, even that has validity. Well, no, it's not that it doesn't it have validity, but repeatedly, repeatedly. So, for example, what I'm about to say is, is that, you know, if I feel I'm in a particularly emotional state and it's a state of mind or a frame of mind or a feeling that I know is going to last, 
I pretty much know that if I take myself in the car at some point in that day to somewhere else, put the right music on or sit there just for long enough, I'll be able to expel all the tears so that the mm. kids don't have to actually yeah. witness it. Because actually, on that instance, I don't need anyone to understand. I don't need to... Mm. It's a it's, it's a, a bloodletting yeah. thing. Yeah. And I think that is a very good parenting thing yeah, to do. I think it's I a think healthy so. thing to do because... That is unexplainable. You know, if you feel you're mm. going to cry, I think I would take myself away and cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think to cry and that there's people there, you don't run away and hide from mm. it. But mm. absolutely, if it's a an almost bloodletting, God, I'm really, really, really sad, there's mm. nothing anyone can do and I need to cry. Why put that on, on your kids? Because then they're just going to feel a sadness that they didn't need to in absolutely. that day. But I think... Yeah, definitely it has to be tempered. And both the kids said that. Every yeah. so often it's okay, but nobody wants nobody wants to see anybody crying all the no. time, do they? No, no, mm, no, I agree. And those sounds in the background is me crying with hunger. <laughs> I am crying with hunger. <laughs> I mean, there is also crying with hunger, crying with rage, crying with sadness. You know, there's all sorts of different crying. There's crocodile tears. I mean, if you think of all the phrases we use around all these things, it's interesting, isn't it, crying? It's not just a simple... It's why I like these chats. A simple concept, and it's quite complicated. Mm. Very complicated. Mm. You could write a whole book on it. Let's. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>